0: They're coming. Now we'll see how these Russians deal with a crack SS division.
1: Uh,
2: Hans. Have courage, my friend. Yeah, uh, Hans, I've just noticed something. These communists are all
0: cowards. Have you looked at our caps recently? Our caps? The badges on our caps. Have you looked at them? What? No. A bit.
1: <laughs>
0: They've got skulls on them. <laughs> huh? Have you noticed that our
3: caps have actually got little pictures of skulls on them? Uh, I
0: don't uh... Hans. Are we the
4: baddies? <laughs> Listen with me. Listening to the Synchronon. Sick and Ron. Yes, you're listening to the Synchronon. The Sick and wrong, the world source for anti-social commentary. God,
0: what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening, welcome to Sick and wrong, the world source for anti-social commentary. I'm your host, T. simon I'm Harrison. Harrison, you sound like you're in a mood, which I feel is not warranted because i should be in a mood why should you be in a mood because i gotta go to fucking comic-con this weekend oh, yeah <laughs> Dude, i'm that's pretty gonna glad suck. i'm pretty glad i have to do that I gotta you, say. D- but you've done that for years yeah, in a row like I consecutive have. years right? i have yeah so what why aren't you doing it this time
2: uh a shattered psyche and uh <laughs> i can't yeah. i can't do it man i can't do it
0: anymore but that that's the thing that people don't understand. Yeah. It, like, eviscerates your sanity. Yeah. I mean, it is a... It's a terrible experience. I'm not even one of these... Like, I'm not a fucking nutter like Harrison. Like, I, yeah. I can go deal with crowds mm. and life itself. Mm-hmm. But when I'm at Comic-Con... It freaks me out. Yeah. It freaks me out. Like, I get fucking claustrophobic. Mm. I'm way too close to people. There's people everywhere. There's people touching you, people behind you. There's frotters rubbing up on you. Yeah. It smells like fart. It's like you're constantly in a fart cloud.
2: Yeah. You're being, like, dry humped by Charmander. Yeah. You know, everything's...
0: And that's the other mm. thing, too. It's like, I feel like I get, like, an LSD flashback. Yeah. So I'm looking around, and there's, like, some fucking Street Fighter dude, and, like, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, and a Smurf, and whatever it is. It freaks me out. I fucking can't stand it's it. It's my and Vietnam. I have to do
2: it. You know, and I've said that before, and I'll say it again.
0: But it's not like you're going there
2: just, I want to
0: go enjoy Comic-Con. You're going there because you're working.
2: Yeah. But yeah. this year, you're that's not it, working. Worse, yeah, um, but I mean, it's, I can yeah.
0: understand it, though. Right, it makes yeah. sense to me, because you're trying to sell your wares. Mm. Where it's like, I'm going basically to support my girlfriend. Right. Because this is like her fucking chrismica. Yeah. She loves it. That's her thing. Like,
2: I'm dating a girl who really enjoys Comic-Con. That's like her fucking thing. That's her social outlet. And I can understand other... That Comic-Con, it's too much. Even other Comic-Cons are pretty rough, but that one's like... Like, forget it, you know? Just like 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 quarantine, put a dome over it, and fucking send it out to sea. It's over yeah it's
0: it's, no, it is it's like an assault on the senses mm. and that's the thing like I don't mind yeah I don't mind the one the one they do at the LA Civic Center or whatever Was that one Kamikaze
2: Kamikaze and uh well very briefly WonderCon WonderCon Con. but
0: I don't mind memory. those because yeah I travel 30 minutes and I go yeah. to check it out and it's not
2: as crowded. Well, do you drive? Where do you park if you drive down there? No,
0: I'm saying with the WonderCon
2: ones. No, I know, in but Anaheim. when you go to San Diego, do you drive down there? Well, no, that's the thing. Yeah. It's
0: like San Diego's a yeah. fucking ordeal. Yeah. Like I gotta go down there. Mm. She her parents live there. Mm. So we park the car by her parents' house. Mm. And I gotta stay like in their parents' camper mm. because uh <laughs> that no, the house is full of other Comic Con people. Yeah. And so it's like we have to stay in the camper. <laughs> So I got to be in the camper, which is already... Un- I'm uncomfortable with that. Yeah. There's no bathroom in the camper.
2: Well, you know, once one year, I, a few years ago, I went... A couple of years ago, I went, and I was going through, like, meth withdrawal. <laughs> 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 and I had to, like, walk from the train station, but I had to, like, stop to take a nap every, like, two blocks. Ugh. It was so bad, man. It was real bad. Real, God. real bad.
0: Yeah, I'm like... And, th- and that's the thing, too. It's... E- when you're there with your girlfriend, there's just so many people. I kind of feel like I'm like tethered to her because mm-hmm. she doesn't want me to walk away. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like you know just hook a fucking leash up to my know, what, waist. One those,
2: yeah, one of those leash yeah my, for like, little kids. Yeah, like yeah. put
0: it put just put it on my belt. Yeah, and just pull me around mm-hmm. and it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm just dreading it. That's the thing. Like People are like, oh, Comic-Con. It sounds mm. like it'd be amazing. Mm. You get to go see the Game of Thrones panel and mm. the Twin Peaks panel. You don't it's go like to the panels. You don't go to the panels. Well, you yeah. can't unless yeah. you spend the night out.
2: Who the fuck wants to do that? Yeah. No
0: one. No one would ever do that. So you won't be able to go to the panels. Just to see some dwarf talk about
2: dragons. It is <laughs> a shit. You know? The
0: only cool thing about Comic-Con, in yeah. my opinion, is outside of Comic-Con. There's like, some cool shit. Like last year... Uh, they had the Ash vs. Evil Dead cabin Like the Evil Dead cabin oh, right, They could yeah. go through it And there's all like zombies and shit And like Walking Dead had a big thing So that's kind of cool I think Rick and Morty mm-hmm. Had like an amusement park area Right But that's not inside the event So I don't, I don't know I didn't go last year Did, did I? i thought you did, did. no you didn't, didn't you? god i have no memory i don't know what year did you go when i gave you like a shitload of stickers you just left them in your car <laughs> <laughs> and it was too much of a pain to go back and get them. i think that was two years ago okay yeah yeah yeah.
2: i, I remember that god. i think i met Fogler that you know what time. i did go last year you're right i did go last year and it was bad it was real bad
0: yeah i, I do yeah. recall one time us driving down there together you were driving. That never happened. Yeah, you were driving. You dropped me off to meet my girlfriend and her parents. Oh, yeah, that did happen. Yeah, I was doing like a ton of blow the whole okay. way down.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm
0: fucking dreading it. Mm. So whatever. I just got to deal with it. But but you you, know, you, you you told me that you slept for 18 hours last yeah. night. 18, 18 hours. hours. Not, not all
2: at once, but you know. How, how do you do that? That's almost a whole day. I, between I'm anemic right now and between that and, and the, the crippling depression and the lack of pr- any kind of purpose in life, uh, add those up. You get a delightful uh, mix in which you sleep all day. Well, Harrison, it's your lucky day. I did take a quick dip in the pool at one point and then I, I went back to sleep. I a pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you wear a Speedo? No. <laughs> <laughs> but the Armenians in the building were like, why do you not wear Speedo? I just picture it that. This weird.
0: You ever see that movie, Sexy Beast?
2: Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> just
0: picture that. Like, da-dun, 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 yeah. da-dun, da-dun. Um, so, it's your lucky day, Harrison. I got a solution for your depression. How is it my luck? I slept for 18 hours. Oh, okay. All no, right, I'm saying all right. right now. It's, okay. The luck starts okay, now. Okay, Because okay. I have a solution for your depression yeah. and your chronic sleep disorder. Okay. And your uh, lack of any kind of purpose yeah. uh, in life. Great. I think you should start a sex cult. Okay. Why not? Yeah. What else do you have to do with your time? That sounds hard. It sounds pretty difficult. Well, maybe, but mm. I mean a little bit of elbow grease mm. and grease in other areas, some mm. lubricant. Um. So the, the reason I thought about this is today I was reading about, uh, have you heard about R. Kelly's sex cold? I did. I R. Did Kelly. Yeah. The guy who urinates on 12-year-olds and sings R&B songs that are apparently somewhat popular. Yeah. Um. He's in a sex cold. Or he has a sex. Well, cult. he got a or lot he's of. He's being he,
2: accused of having a sex call. He really reignited his cred when he did that trapped in the closet thing. You know, I was going to get to that in a little bit. Yeah. But what the fuck was that about? Like, who was trapped
0: in the closet? Is he gay? Is he coming out? No, What's he was.
2: Tr- it was like he was stuck in the closet while two, I don't know, his wife and somebody else were having sex, but he couldn't cu- jump out. Why? But I don't know. Why I don't did know. he come out and pee on them? But here is the point of the thing. It's that he's singing the entire thing. There's, there's the same beat, the same the melodies doesn't change, and it's just it's like an opera, but it's just singing the entire time, telling the story. And it's you know What's the story? I don't know, I didn't watch the whole thing. It's impossible to watch. <laughs> but in theory it's genius. It's like something Andy Warhol couldn't have even thought of it in terms of, you know, conceptual art. I never understood it, because I was yeah. just
0: kind of like, what is he doing in supposed, the closet? You're not
2: supposed to understand it. And is he gay? You can't, watch, no, you, you can't watch it. No, he's not. you can't watch it, because it's unwatchable. I, I've never seen it. And it's unlistenable, you know? Yeah, I've it. would be never like, an, like an opera if they just had the same, like, four bars over and over and over again. Are, are you familiar with any of his music other than that? I remember I Believe I Can Fly, I that one. <laughs> you know, okay.
0: that's about it. I remember I had no, I had, like... I had no knowledge of R. Kelly. I didn't mm. even know his name, but until I started mm. uh, at the Roaring Twenties strip club in San Francisco, like, right. I had no idea about that music. Mm. I assumed, in my neophyte stages of being a strip club DJ, mm. that they just danced like Motley Crue or Guns N' Roses or Poison or something. I, I just thought thought that's what they would dance to because right. like, I, the last time I was in a strip club was like in the early nineties, and <laughs> you know it's like that's what you dance to, yeah. girls, girls, girls. They don't. They danced you're, to R. You're Kelly. You're talking like you're some kind of
2: time traveler. Well, no, I'm saying it's like when I... This, our, was, this was in like 2002. Okay, Who disappears in the 70s? Like, <laughs> I thought all these girls would dance to the Big Bopper of Frankie Valley. What's going on here?
0: It, it yeah. was. It was like a culture yeah. shock to me because I was just kind of like, you know, I, you show up, you have to bring your own CDs. All my CDs were like yeah. Poison and Motley Crue and yeah. Journey and, and mm-hmm. bands I thought were appropriate mm-hmm. for a strip club. None of those girls dance to that. Yeah. They all danced to R. Kelly. It's easier. It's easy. Yeah. You could just lay around lay yeah. about on stage and roll mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. and it's the music to me just it really did sound like the Special Olympics music. I yeah. was like, This is like such a low bar. It's like you remind me of my Jeep as a song. You remind me of my Jeep. And that's a compliment that apparently. It sounds
2: pretty fun, actually. I um, yeah. bump
0: and grind. There ain't nothing wrong with it. I remember bump, bump and, and, grind, and grind. Yeah, right? yeah. And so I remember like, I would play this music for these girls and it'd be just some fat, ugly white stripper just like dancing really slowly. It right. was the saddest thing I've ever seen. Right. She's like three months pregnant. <laughs> She's just dancing like, you remind me of my Jeep. Right. And so I always thought like, I wonder what would ever happen if like R. Kelly came in here and just slapped the shit out of me for playing his music for these ugly women.
2: I don't know. One thing I do find weird about him is that no manner of transgression. He, he just... You know, he's like the Teflon Don of of sexual transgressions. <laughs> and also, he's just like... He's allowed to continue doing stuff because people are like, Oh, you are... Ke-. You know? Oh, he locked a 12-year-old in a sensory deprivation box. What, well, You know, in between shitting on her. Yeah. Like... Everybody, nobody cares. Everyone's just like, it's a punchline They seem to give him a pass. Like yeah. They, they, it's
0: as if that behavior is expected. Right, yeah. You know, I, I was talking to a girl at work today, and I didn't even know about this, but did you know he was married to Aaliyah? No. And she was at the, she, he met Aaliyah when she was 13. Hmm. And R. Kelly was like early 20s, married her at 15. And basically her parents were like, yep, yeah, sure, take her. Where, where is that legal? I don't know where the fuck is she from. I, I, okay. I was like, really? Hmm. I, he probably peed on her. Yeah. Anyway, he's accused of being in a sex cult. Uh, mm. Reportedly, he's holding multiple women against their will in an abusive sex cult. Mm. Uh, this was, uh, this came out on BuzzFeed. I love how BuzzFeed just breaks all the big right. news. The pissed dossier, yeah. now R. Kelly, also probably a pissed dossier. Yeah. Um, concerned parents who haven't seen their daughters in more than a year, as well as former members of the trapped-in-the-closet singer's entourage um, told uh, BuzzFeed that that Kelly keeps a group of young women at his homes in Atlanta and Chicago, where he controls every aspect of their lives. Hmm. I mean, that's that's why, you know, I was I was reading about this and I was thinking. It's a lot of work for Harrison. I mean it's tough tough for you to control just every aspect of your own life, yeah, let alone yeah. like four women's. It's you know, been four women clearly
1: mm-hmm.
2: proven that I am
1: unable four to Four women's this.
0: lives
2: in your apartment. Yeah. You know, it'd be tough. Even my health insurance companies they have a, a person that calls me once a week, a case manager, and they'll have, have you showered today? <laughs> are you are you lying in a pile of cereal on the couch? Now <laughs> How- <laughs> you want us to call your therapist for you?
0: Like, seriously, I'm not fucking around with you. So when they do call you and they ask you if you showered, do you usually lie or do you just like, tell, the truth? Yeah, like, tell no. the truth? I don't care. <laughs> it's been three days. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I smell like a dead hobo. Yeah. <laughs> um, the R&B legend reportedly invites women into his circle under the pretense of developing mm. their music careers, but instead begins a sexual relationship that requires them to call him daddy and ask his permission to leave assigned rooms.
2: Mm. So, Otherwise known as show business. What's the problem here? I don't understand. is the whole thing? Like, what are we talking about here? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah.
0: Young young podcast ingenues. Right, yeah. Young girls who want to learn how to be podcasters can come to Harrison yeah. to take his podcast class. Right
2: ah the master class Next thing you know the podcast master class
0: actually <laughs> you know they're calling him daddy uh the 50 year old allegedly films his sexual encounters with these women all of whom are of legal consenting age in the report which i find hard to believe uh, you have to ask for food you have to ask to go to the bathroom um kelly is a master at mind control uh, according to uh, his fr- this girl, Cheryl Mack, who was one of the, the former slaves, he's a puppet master. So do you think you could do that?
2: Or would it be too much work? It seems like a lot of work. And, 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 and you know, it's hard for me to care about one thing as much as I care about something else tomorrow. So it'd yeah, be like one day, I'd be like really interested in doing that. And the next day, I might be really interested in just like, you know, watching House of Cards all day. you know rather than just be you know what should i do daddy i don't don't know fucking would you be like
0: why are you still here yeah yeah
2: yeah (laughs) it's like because we have to yeah you
0: have our cell phones and our car keys (laughs) where would you put them in your shitty one-bedroom apartment because like
2: r kelly has homes i don't know you could buy some cages up in the valley (laughs) i almost did that like like a month ago bought Cause, a cage well because normally they're like they're expensive these steel cages they're like $1,500 mm. but there was one on sale for like $200 by some guy who's like yeah I built it for my dog and <laughs> yeah like a real like I... metal cage yeah, like metal serious bars iron Something you, you put a gorilla in yeah I don't know if a gorilla could fit in it you know but a human could fit in it it's still pretty insane that this guy would even have that yeah
0: was this a well, no, meth
2: country? It's a BDSM thing. A lot of people
0: have. Oh it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess that makes sense. Well, I'm not buying I mean, it. To keep a fucking. Gorilla was it on you.
2: Craigslist? Yeah, it was on Craigslist. <laughs> There's always one on Craigslist, but they're usually fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. And I, I was, but this was a deal, and I'm like, wow, this is. Even if I don't end up using this, I could probably resell it. You know, this is, this this <laughs> my, is my new problem. business. <laughs> That's what you should do. <laughs> what a cottage industry! Buying used
0: BDSM <laughs> cages and then reselling them. Yeah,
2: okay, no, if I had a truck, work. it'd be easy. You know. Yeah, I guess yeah. I don't
0: know where you're going to put it in
2: the mm. Kia. Yeah, that's not going to work.
0: Um, if well, any of the women break Kelly's rules, he reportedly punish them, punishes them physically and verbally. Um, Does he make them wear a wooden box on their heads? <laughs> I don't know, but like, yeah. I guess you'd have to come up with like creative ways to punish them yeah you know and, mm. and then that's also more work mm. yeah r kelly i mean what does he do with his time i mean he must be home all day i guess he records a couple songs here and there yeah, Is he yeah. even tour i don't know
2: i mean what he, he should if he wants to make money i don't know what he's doing uh, one of the women
0: living in Kelly's guest house in Georgia is a den mother who trains new girls on how Kelly likes to be pleased sexually. Hmm. He a, Kelly nicknames the girls babies, and they must in turn refer to him as daddy. There's black SUVs parked outside the guest houses, seemingly to ensure that no women can leave. Leaving a rebellion... I mean, is there someone in the SUVs? I'm assuming it's like his homies. That's his expensive. security. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's already
2: now costly. You could replace um, them with dummies, save some money, you know, like mannequins.
0: It's a scarecrow. Yeah. Uh living or rebelling in any way can lead to physical punishment by Kelly. Mm. Um, one of his his insiders here, a former insider, Katie Jones, said that Kelly once held her against a tree and slapped her outside of a subway sandwich shop. Because <laughs> <laughs> she had been too friendly with a male cashier. Oh. <laughs> I like how he feeds yeah. his, sla- his sex yeah. slave Subway.
2: And then he shoved a Subway <laughs> sub club card in her mouth. Eat Do you, it. Do you think yeah, he took uh, the
0: foot log and just smacked yeah. her up the head? <laughs> like over the side of the face with it. I don't know why I find that so funny. You don't get no bacon chicken <laughs> rats tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, it's
2: so evil. But anyway, yeah. I was thinking about this. I was like, who could be your den mother? Why do these rich guys love sub like Chris Brown? Remember he got he slapped the shit out of an old man at a subway after driving up at his Lambo. Wait, no, you're thinking of Rihanna, not No, no. <laughs> he also Yeah, I don't, I always Rihanna
0: mixed up with the random old men. <laughs> wait did he slap okay did he slap him or you slap him with the subway sandwich no he slapped him in (laughs) the
2: subway store wow that he and he drove there in his lambo who drives a lambo to a subway
4: and (laughs) then beats up an old man there well i I can't understand fucking
2: you know pumas or some shit you know (laughs) i can understand why r kelly would go to subway okay
0: because of jared I'm sure, uh, they yeah. were, I'm sure they traded techniques. Hey, man.
4: <laughs> hey, how's yeah. it going,
0: man? Yeah. <laughs> Who did you molest today? Mm. Uh, but I was thinking like Hung Young Terrorist could be your dead mother.
2: Yeah. Well, she, she tries to make these young guys, like these 20-year-old guys. She was telling me this yesterday. We hiked Runyon yesterday. And uh, <laughs> we did. <laughs> and uh, she's telling me she tries to make them daddies. And they're not, they don't know what to do. Wait, she tries to make them dominant? Yeah, like she tries, she treats them like daddies, but even they're like, they're like nineteen. 19. Yeah. yeah, how would they know? And she showed me pictures of like guys, you know, on Bumble or whatever the fuck she uses, and this kid, it's like it said he was eighteen. And this kid, if he was a day over twelve, <laughs> I'm fucking David Duchovny. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know what's going on, man. I just, where does she find them? I, uh, dating sites, yeah, Tinder. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. weird. Yeah, she probably would be
0: your dead mother though. Mm.
2: She would be um, great at
0: it. Communication between the women in the outside world is heavily monitored. Despite family members' it, it repeated attempts to intervene. According to a source, each woman under Kelly's control is outfitted with a cell phone that is only used to communicate with him. It has just one button on it. <laughs> it's just a big R. You just press the R. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Jesus. It's just a Fisher-Price walkie-talkie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um... I guess since 2000, Kelly's been in the center of numerous allegations of sexual misconduct involving minors. Dozens of women claiming that the singer ruined their lives. Hmm. There's a videotape of him having sex with a 14-year-old, but he still was acquitted Right. of 14 charges of make a child porn. There's a videotape of the guy fucking a 14-year-old and urinating on him. How did he get acquitted? I don't know. Mm. How did OJ get acquitted? Yeah, I guess so. It's, I think you could just afford... He probably has the best Jewish lawyer's money can buy. Right, yeah. Yeah, you mm. know? Pays them in Subway. I, in response to the BuzzFeed uh, report, Kelly's lawyer, Linda Mensch. that kind of sounds Jewish. It does. Defended the singer is a great artist who takes care of all the people in his life mm. with urine. Right. <laughs> I, I added that. Um, like all of us, she said, Mr. Kelly deserves a personal life. I guess. I mean, that's quite a personal, you know. Yeah, unless it involves imprisoning young women. Yeah. Punishing Um,
2: them in the piss dunk tank.
0: Well, I guess one girl already recanted her statements. Mm. And Kelly is uh, alarmed and disturbed by these recent revelations. Denies all of them. Mm. And he's already going after the accusers.
1: Mm.
0: So we'll have to see. So I guess uh, if you think about that, though, it is kind of a lot of work.
2: Yeah. Although you got to have a refrigerator full of asparagus at all times, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a lot.
0: Although, yeah. so, you know,
2: you, you hear about R. Kelly.
0: He's in a sex cult. It's on BuzzFeed. You know, it's like all over the news. People are freaking
2: out. What about Corey Feldman's sex cult? Right. He's got the same kind of thing. No one gives a shit yeah. about that. Does Drew Carey have one? Does he? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But Corey Corey Feldman has the Corey's angels. Yeah. Which technically, he says, are runaways that he's helping. But I
2: don't know. I mean, to to describe it as a cult might be a little... With Corey Feldman? With either of them, you know? I feel like that, that sets the bar pretty
0: low for a cult. Well, the thing was with uh, Corey's Angels. I was trying so hard to get this one on the show. I'm still trying. If people out there, if you know a Corey's Angel who left Corey Feldman's he probably doesn't even have a, a, like a mansion. He probably has like a three-bedroom home. Yeah. Like in Ventura or something. McMansion. But Yeah, if you yeah. know somebody, let, let, let them uh, know that, that, that we are a safe, safe space here on Sick and Wrong. We are. We just want to chat about it mm-hmm. so we can make fun of Corey Feldman. Right. It goes for R. Kelly, too. But I, you know, I was trying to get this angel on because she had a connection to Ryan Keeley mm. and she wouldn't come on. I don't know, she said she would, and then she was like, no, then she just flaked on all my emails. Yeah. But that sounds kinda like a sex cult. It because does. well, you they're runaways, they come in, they stay with him. And next thing you know, it's like I guess they're not trapped, but he's like, Yeah, I'll like make you into superstars, but you gotta like suck my shitty forty eight year old washed up dick. Yeah. You know? And and wear those stupid wings yeah. at his parties.
2: And listen to his music. Ugh.
0: Yeah, I guess now that I think about it,
2: it's way too much. And they're not work. even allowed it's to do too drugs. Too they're you. not even allowed to do drugs. I remember reading the contract. Remember the contract with uh, Carl Feldman? Feldman? Yeah, I don't know. It was like a whole list of things. I think we went over it on the show. I feel like we probably did. Yeah, yeah, and it was like you can't do drugs, and it's like, what the fuck is the point? Huh? You know,
0: if I didn't do drugs, I probably would remember that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, uh, it's a lot of work. These yeah. Sex cults. Hmm. Yeah, you're probably better off uh, spending your time doing the Sick and Wrong YouTube page. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'll make you happy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, people, this is episode uh, 593 here of Sick and Wrong. No stories this week because I'm going to fucking Comic-Con and didn't have time to adequately prepare for this episode. So instead... Surprise interview. This is a good interview. It's a great interview. It's a great interview.
2: I kind of wished I could have talked, you know, we could have talked to this guy for like three hours. Oh, God, that would be great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A very fascinating guy.
2: So we have uh, coming up next, we have an interview
0: with Dr. Eric Kurlander, a professor of modern European history at Stetson University. Amongst other books he's written, he's written like several books about Hitler and Nazis, but this one uh, piqued my interest Uh, Hitler's Monsters, A Supernatural History of the Third Reich. And uh, we're going to discuss that with Dr. Kurlander. Apparently, Hitler was into some weird shit. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Vampires, werewolves, True Blood. I bet you would have loved the show True Blood. Yeah. Do you think Hitler had just been like I can't Oh kill- this is the best. <laughs> I can't kill the Jews tonight. I have to watch True Blood. Suki <laughs> is <a> fairy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we do talk to Dr. Curlander mm-hmm. about this and a very fascinating guy and yes, I wish we could have talked to him. And for he's legit. Hours.
2: You know he's legit. I, I look, you know, because a lot of these Nazi occult books are a little wacky. Mm. He's legit, man. But but it must be weird when you're like actually in academia and you're at like a pedagogical fucking party or yeah. something, and they're like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm doing a book on uh, mysticism and the occult in the Third Reich, and people just back away slowly. <laughs> you know, I,
0: wonder, I bet you'd impress a lot of ladies though. At, yeah. these, at these like, you know, these like, yeah, like uh, socialite parties mm. with these intellectuals are just like, oh, Nazis and the occult. I mean, uh, um, like fucking Crowley and uh, Jack Parsons and all those guys did right. like, I mean, if, if that shit was around now, I probably would be doing it or want to do it. Right. It seemed like it was kind of a social club, the occult here, whereas in Germany, mm. that shit was serious. Oh, yeah. You know, they were really going after the Holy Grail. I've been to
2: the castle. I've stayed at the fucking yeah. castle.
0: Yeah. Bevelsburg. Yeah. That's insane. Um, So, yeah, he's a fascinating guy, and we're going to talk about his new book. So, uh, that's coming up next. Before that, though, here's a word from Adam and Eve.
2: Are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all, oh no, when you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive a free sex swing. Hang sex swing to your door and hang on tight. And to top it all off, they will even throw in free shipping on your entire order. So, check out AdamandEve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type DIDDLE for the offer code upon checkout. That's D-I-D-D-L-E, DIDDLE, at AdamandEve.com. Eric uh, Kurlander. Dr. Kurlander, how's it
0: going? Good, how are you? I'm oh, doing pretty good. This is uh, D. Simon and Harrison here calling you. Uh, thanks, thanks for being on the show this morning. Oh, thank you for having me. So um, the Nazis and the occult are uh, popular themes in movies, definitely in uh, pop culture like the Lost Ark or Hellboy, for example. But is this based in reality or is this more of a sens- sensationalized and exaggerated account? I guess my question is, to what degree did the belief in occult philosophies influence the creators of the Third Reich?
4: Well, that was my question when I started the research, uh, eight or nine years ago is, you know, what, what real, um, evidence is there for these massive pop cultural, um, you know, kind of industry, this industry, right? Comic book, film, popular crypto history. And I started out pretty skeptical, even though I'm fascinated by that. And I read Captain America as a kid and, um, liked the Hellboy movies, um, I, I was, I was, you know, like any academic, somewhat skeptical. I knew bits and pieces of things. Like everyone who yeah. studies the Third Reich knows that Himmler had some odd beliefs on religion and race, and that um, has supposedly had his own astrologer. Um, and you you should know, if you're a German historian, that the Thule Society, the Thule-Gesellschaft in German, um, was based on a kind of occult mythological concept of a Lost Aryan Civilization. And that, of course, produced the Nazi Party. Um, Are you talking about the uh, Ariosophy? Ariosophy is, is actually the, the occult doctrine that influenced the Thule Society most, but I didn't know that before I started my research. I just knew that the Thule Society was at least a a kind of post-occult society. Um, What I actually found uh, is that many of the things that float around in pop culture have a kernel of truth in them. I mean, we could go Mm. through, you know, there's dozens of stories in this book. And even where they don't, even where there's a clear disconnect between reality and, and, you know, fantasy that we see um everywhere around us there are actually more interesting stories right stranger <laughs> than fiction that haven't been told
0: yeah that, that's right? that's the one thing that uh that, that i find interesting about your book is you do talk about things like like hitler's world ice theory right uh, how exactly did that fit into uh, hitler's philosophy
4: so world-life theory is really interesting because it's a quintessential, what I call, and what Germans at the time called, a border science, a Grenzwissenschaft. The border sciences were sciences. It was a positive term as opposed to, let's say, pseudoscience, right, which mm. is dismissive. Border science was a science often coming out of occultism, though they wouldn't use that term at the time, which supposedly had insights into the world, the universe, the cosmos, um, the you know the the area below the Earth's crust. Hollow Earth theory fits into that as well, right? Excuse me. Hollow Earth theory. Hollow Earth theory fits into that as well, right? And so, by the way, this is this is a perfect example. So, Hollow Earth theory was not that prominent in the Third Reich. There are a few tangential figures who seem to have read theories on Hollow Earth, and there were um, theosophists and anthroposophists who believed in it. And then, so I guess secondhand, some Nazis were interested, but compared to world ice theory, which is institutionalized in the third Reich, there's almost no evidence that Howell theory had an influence. So there's an example where we hear about how all the time, but it's really world ice theory. If you want to talk about a border science that many Nazi leaders, including Hitler and Himmler embraced, and it was based on a dream, a fantasy, by a non-scientist, a guy named Hans Horbinger, an Austrian, who woke up and had this dream, and I guess he was in a sweat, and he, he had images of all these ice moons and ice planets orbiting around the Earth and smashing into each other and floods, and he said, you know what, the reason that you know the great civilizations of of prehistory were destroyed is because these ice moons that were rotating around the Earth Must have crashed into the earth, created ice ages and floods, destroyed all these great civilizations. And, you know, all we and we world ice theorists can go back and now reconstruct the earth's history and the history of the cosmos by recognizing everything was once made of ice. That was more or less his theory.
0: Well, so that makes sense. But then where did where did the white supermen come from?
4: Well, so the way this works, it's kind of, there's these affinities between these different um, clusters of ideas, which is why I I use this term of supernatural imaginary. Mm. You know, everyone who writes a book, whether it's history or literature or psychology, they want to come up with one overarching idea, right? Like um, uh, Hitler's an atheist. Hitler's a Christian. Um, uh, The, the one, you know, the, Conservatives think like this. Liberals think like like that. What I found in researching this is that there's no one idea or doctrine like Ariosophy, which, Nicholas Goodrick Clark, it wrote a whole book on. Yes, it doesn't explain the Third Reich exclusively because it was just one of dozens of doctrines and pagan religions that fit into the supernatural imaginary. And the way you start to see its influence is when you look at affinities between, as you just suggested, world ice theory, hmm. which is ostensibly a kind of science, right, that's explaining natural history. A, a and creation story. These, theories, these theories like um, eriosophy, which is an occult doctrine, but also believes in a lost Aryan civilization and and a kind of Nordic utopia around Iceland, which they call the Thule, which we might call Atlantis. And you start to say, oh wait, there's affinities there. And frost giants would have survived in both. And Thor could have been the god in both of those scenarios, right? And hmm. there's a flood which destroys the civilization, so these godmen, these Aryans, have to flee. To somewhere really high. Oh wait, Tibet, right? Okay. The Himalayas, yeah, where yeah. they preserve their religion. And now we get into this Indo-Aryan belief behind Nazism. How can these people who are so Germanic in in their fetishization of the North also be pro-Indo-Aryan Tibet? Well, that's it. And world life theory and areography in that way are connected, even though they seem independent. Well, it seems almost convenient.
0: It does, but it also seems kind of convenient for Hitler to say, yeah, you know, we practice or, you know, we we accept Shintoism in Japan or Hinduism in Tibet in the Himalayas. Is it so that they can justify the fact that they're allies with this nation?
4: So the argument I make about almost all of these doctrines is there's always an element of... Of instrumentalization or pragmatism, and there's always an element of authenticity. It depends on the Nazi, it depends on the doctrine, it depends on the context. There was there's so much evidence that all the leading Nazis, not just Himmler and Hess, but Dare, um, uh Rosenberg, Hitler, believed that in, in vaguely in this Indo-Aryan theory that there was this great race that spread out and founded all the great civilizations, including. in the the Indus Valley, Persia, and Japan, that it wasn't just instrumentalization. They really believed in that, and they assumed that the samurai class and the Brahmins were the ones who were the most Aryan, right, who had intermingled with these ancient prehistorical supermen. And so, you know, Himmler was writing forwards to books on the samurai in German, talking about how if only the German soldier in SS could take on these... Samurai values of the and, and, and the great kind of principles of Shinto religion, as opposed to this weak Judaified Christianity, mm. we would be great warriors too, right? <clears throat> Hitler was talking about how fascinated he was by Shinto and Buddhism, and how those were great religions, not not religions of terror like Judaism and, and Christianity, which try to keep you down and, and level everything. So this all fits together in their cosmology, in the supernatural imaginary. It's not like, you know, they all believe in, in each of these doctrines equally, but they all have affinities with each other.
0: I, I read that Himmler tried to get world ice theory taught instead of Darwinian evolution in German universities. So, so I mean, the Germans were, were very educated but how could they right. How could they follow this? I mean, did most, did the average German believe in the world ice theory?
4: Right. So, you know, Germany and Austria are a country of 75, 80 million once by the time they're united in 38. You count Bohemia and ethnic Germans elsewhere, well over 80 million. I would argue that, you know, at least half of those people, certainly the very well-educated, the cosmopolitan, and also people who are very traditional Christian in some rural areas, we're not trafficking in these ideas. The Nazis never got more than 35 or 40 percent of the vote in any election. And they didn't need everyone to believe in it. They needed to tap into the zeitgeist for those people who had lost their kind of intellectual and ideological moorings, right? It, kind of middle class, wasn't there, wasn't lower there? middle class people um, in the small towns. Uh, a lot of the large cities who were already interested in these supernatural ideas who kind of had rejected traditional Christianity and who didn't trust science and liberalism and materialism and Marxism. You know, for them, that wasn't going to satisfy them spiritually or politically. And for them, these ideas, which Nazism picked up on and appealed to, well perfect. Mm-hmm. So yes, there's a lot of mainstream scientists. Donk, Einstein, they're all making fun of world ice theory. But Himmler doesn't care. Himmler's argument is they're, these Jewish scientists who are all materialists would like to destroy our belief in the in the beyond and in you know, in, in something greater than ourselves and, and relativity is about confusing us. That's why we need world ice theory, because it's a more authentic Germanic science, right?
2: Didn't they publish uh, a book called The SS Family that was kind of a a, a guidebook for SS officers to, you know, celebrate, incorporate paganism into their, the way they celebrated birthdays and and different things like that?
4: The SS Ananirva, which is Himmler's research institute publishes hundreds of books and articles and funds hundreds of expeditions. I mean, to, to give you another area where there's affinity, so let's get to religion here, right? So mm-hmm. we talk about world ice theory border science, talked about anthroposophy, which is an occult doctrine. In terms of religion, Himmler was sponsoring, and he's just one of many, a guy named Ultra Ron. Ultra Ron was a... A philo- young philologist, who we now many of us would call the real Indiana Jones, philologist, archaeologist, who had been researching the Grail in southern France, right. with a bunch of French occultists and and Freemasons and you know Dan Brown types, and his theory was, which many occultists and kind of paganists believe, that the Grail, whether it was a real thing or a symbolic thing, which is what he was researching, was was idolized or representative of an or aryan religion that had been practiced in the East, in Tibet and Persia, after the Flood, and then brought back in the Middle Ages via Persia and the Middle East, right, around the time of Christianity, a kind of Gnostic paganism that was brought back to Europe. And the reason the Catholic Church wanted to eliminate it, right, the Inquisition is because the Jews saw it as threatening because it was an Ur-Aryan religion, which they called witchcraft, right, and, and paganism and Satanism, but for the Germans was the authentic religion and also, you know, the rural French, because the Franks were, the French were also Germanic, right? And the Holy Grail was at the center of that religion. And so Ron had theorized that there was a Luciferian religion where Lucifer is a god of light, that goes back to this Ur Aryan cataclysmic, you know, prehistory. And it had come back to Europe, and the Germans and pagan people practiced it, but the Catholic Church, which is, of course, manipulated and run by Jews, wanted to destroy it. Himmler believed this. Daray believed this. Many Nazis believed it.
0: And, and they funded this these expeditions. this also
4: fits in with world ice theory and ariosophy, even though those are completely independent doctrines. And someone who believed in one may not have even heard of the other. You see how they all have the same premises, right?
2: Um, so you've done a lot of research on, on Otto Ron. Are there anything to the rumors that Otto Ron was actually gay?
4: There's quite a bit. I mean, given hmm. the times that he was penalized or demoted after supposedly being seen in a bar doing something untoward. I mean, there were a lot of alcoholics.
1: In the yeah.
4: SS, and yes, if you were too, if you were drunk publicly, um, you could be punished in some way. But the fact that that happened in multiple times, that it often was preceded by some heart to heart with Himmler, um, suggests that yes, he was combating, you know, publicly the image of being gay, um, and that's why his suicide, which some people have conspiracy theories about, may well have been him recognizing because he had just basically gotten married, um, or he he had agreed with Himmler to get married and then called it off, Mm. it looks like he was, you know, not able to be open about his sexuality, and rather than continue to get assigned to concentration camps to rehabilitate himself, right, he just, he he walked out into the, yeah, I I mean, I I didn't spend a lot of time on Otto Rahn's personal life, but from the stuff I read, it, it does seem... Um, importantly, he was rehabilitated by Himmler a year or two later, and his books kept getting published. So, whatever was going on, uh, it wasn't enough to undermine his credibility as a scholar.
0: So, so uh, my question is about uh, some of the other leading Nazis, like Eichmann or um, or Mengla. Like, did they dismiss some of these, like Himmler's expeditions, as just folly? Because I mean, you know, Hitler or Himmler even had the SS Witches Division. Like, what did these guys think of that? Like other leading
4: Nazis. So great question So the Witches Division was actually under Heydrich. Oh so if goodness. I had to pick the most skeptical Nazis, I would pick Heydrich and his subordinate Eichmann. Eichmann was a protege of Heydrich, not Himmler. Um, kind of a technocrat who would just do whatever he was asked. What's interesting, and, and there's revisionist work that I've been saying, he's actually very ideological and had crazy views about Jews also. He wasn't just some banal bureaucrat. But Heydrich, who was very opposed to sectarianism of any kind, Heydrich just believed that if you're not a devout Nazi, you're dangerous. So whether you were a Jehovah's Witness or a devout Catholic or an astrologer, If you couldn't show that you were completely into Nazism first, he saw you as a threat. So one reason that Heidrich's always out to get occultists, which he doesn't do a good job of because he gets no support from above or from his colleagues, um, is because of this anti-sectarianism. And some historians have confused that with a blanket disdain for occultism. And as I show in the book, they just want people to be loyal to Hitler. So you get this weird thing where leading anthroposophists who have all these crazy occult ideas like this guy, Erhard Bartsch, is constantly being wined and dined and hired by Daray and Rosenberg and Himmler and Ollendorf. And it, what brings him down, which Ohlendorf, a leading SS man, tells him, stop doing this, is when he tells anyone he meets, if you really want to understand uh, biodynamic agriculture and all the cosmic things I'm teaching you, you've got to become an anthroposophist. You've got to yeah. accept Rudolf Steiner as your savior, not Hitler, basically. That's what gets them in trouble. It's not the doctrine. So to come back to this idea of are there other nots, Or you know, Heydrich and, and Eichmann, the Witches division, Himmler was interested in the history of the Inquisition. Why? Coming back to Otto Ronson, you see all these things are linked. Yeah. He believed that the Catholic Church was going after witches as a cover for eliminating German culture and religion by calling it witchcraft. So, and yes. the second reason, is, which is why Heydrich liked doing it, because he didn't do it in the, under the aegis of the SS. He did it under the aegis of the SD, the security service that Heydrich ran. Is It was opposition research. So their idea is if we understand why and how the Catholics and Jews went after us and tried to exterminate us, in the medieval and early modern period, we'll understand better what they're trying to do to us now—the churches and the Jews and the Bolsheviks—and then we can respond in kind. Now that's bizarre as heck, but that was the justification, <laughs> along with the research itself, for the witches' division.
2: Now, th- there have been a number of books about this in the past, but a lot of them have been, you know, fairly sketchy. Uh, beginning with Morning, of- Morning of. Magicians in the 60s. And then, uh, yeah, there were a couple of World War II vets from America who wrote books like Trevor Ravenscroft about the spirit of destiny. The only one I found that's like semi, you know, re- reliable was uh, Peter Lavenda's Unholy Alliance. He,
4: he straddles, I actually will cite him occasionally. He straddles the two genres he straddles like academic history and mm-hmm. what I call crypto history. Lavenda, almost half of his sources and claims are not corroborated by German archival sources or eyewitnesses, and clearly he has an axe to grind and that's borderline in some ways a cultist himself. On the other hand, he does come up with a lot of um, arguments based on evidence that I find very plausible. So the way I dealt with that is if it was a book like Lavenda, I would I would cite it, you know, um, selectively to acknowledge his arguments, where I thought they were legitimate, but not rely on him for primary evidence. Um, most of the other books are completely fabricated. So while we know they looked for the Holy Grail, we have plenty of archival evidence for that. he had all these other mystics talking about the Grail. I found almost no evidence, at least among the usual suspects, of them thinking that the Spear of Destiny was a mystical object that would somehow win the war for them, like you know, the Ark of the Covenant. It's true that some of them were interested in it. That Hitler did probably visit it. You know, he grew up Catholic in, in in near Vienna. I'm sure he was interested in it. But again, it's like the Hollow Earth theory. When you have all these things that really were important, why are we focusing on something for which there's no concrete evidence that it had any central importance, right? And that's why I'd so no your destiny for. You.
2: So no flying saucers at the secret polar base is what you're saying.
4: Well, no, actually with flying saucers, I did find some evidence. So here's the flying saucer thing. And I do have a chapter that looks at at miracle weapons. Um, They hired a guy named Victor Schauberger, who was an Austro, an amateur Austrian scientist who looked at water dynamics. And some of the stuff he did actually was real science. And based on that, he came up with certain theories about anti-gravity and, and, and hidden forces in the universe, which are obviously very similar to what occultists claim. Um, some major Nazi leaders and industrialists already in 34 are like, Hitler, you should meet with this guy. You know, he's already met with Mussolini, who I, who I guess thought he was crazy and didn't pursue it. Um, and so he's like, Hitler, you should meet with him. Because at the time, Austria was in between the two fascist powers, and he didn't want to lose out, Right. So Hitler met with him. Hitler was annoyed. So it would, we have the transcripts. Hitler was annoyed that he wouldn't tell any of his secrets to him. So every time Hitler said, so how could you do anti-gravity, or what is this thing? He'd say, oh, oh that's patented. You know, if you hire me and give me a lab, I can tell you, you know, more or less. Um, Hitler's kind of sober, chancellery buddy, Lammers, in his notes, it's like, this guy's clearly a charlatan. I can't believe the Fuhrer would really trust him. I hope the Fuhrer doesn't. And then, you know, some snarky aside, of course, Kaiser Wilhelm brought in a cultist, too. God knows what Hitler's going to do. But he probably won't buy into this guy, right? So within a few years, he's being hired oh. all over Germany to come up with new technologies, none of which work. And then when the war breaks out, Hitler approves him being hired to work on rocket technology and new weapons. Again, nothing he's done has ever been patented to produce any kind of weaponization. No. And he actually is forced, because Schalberg is not really a Nazi, he's forced by the SS to use slave laborers to experiment with all these anti gravity things, including something that that crypto historians call the bell. It's this mythical bell that might have created anti-gravity or harnessed anti-gravity energies and may have been able to levitate and had a very high amount of radiation, which is why lots of prisoners supposedly died. I do have evidence that that thing may have existed, and certainly that Schellberger was experimenting with bizarre stuff. My conclusion is none of it was actually you know weaponized or, or usable. It was all based on fantastical magical thinking and desperation, but... He was used by the Third Reich. That we know. Wow. What I don't believe is that in Operation Paperclip, they actually you know, found his bell and put it in Area 51. And by the way, that's the corollary to all of this. Is America has its own supernatural imaginary, <laughs> right, with its own contents, which are just as dangerous in some ways. But, um, you know, but we're talking, focusing on the ones in Germany in the 20s and 30s. Hmm.
0: That's interesting. So, a uh, couple questions. I know you got to get going. Um, what did Hitler think of like other occult movements, like uh, the Golden Dawn or Aleister Crowley?
4: But he didn't think about the Golden Dawn or Aleister Crowley. And, in fact, I have a few comments in the book that the big difference between Austro-German occultism and British or French, as far as I can tell, I'm not a, a British or French historian, but I've read secondary works, is there was not a few differences. One, it was rarely politicized or publicized, right? So occultism there is something that these interesting figures did. And usually in a kind of commune or in their mm. mansion uh, often as a way to kind of attract women, or it was very feminized in some cases, you know, spirituality, be some guru who had a bunch of women who would, you know, supposedly get in touch with, with spirits. That's also true in America. Um, it was also not racialized. So as bad as Crowley was, and yes, okay, he was kind of a Satanist, there's no evidence that he really believed in kind of resuscitating some pure Nordic race. He seemed much yeah. more interested in finding different ladies to uh, bring to his you know rituals. And he actually, I think he worked as a spy for the British during the war, so I guess he was pro-democracy, right? Mm. In the Third Reich and in Germany, Many of the people who were also interested in, let's say, the Order of of the New uh, Templars, that was what Crowley belonged to, were, like Lanzel Liebensells, progenitors of Ariosophy. They they created political parties and, and occult groups whose mission it was to get rid of Jews, destroy Bolshevism, and resuscitate this great race. They were less interested in in finding, you know, young women to uh, seduce than they were in meeting at castles and and um, beer halls and plotting, you know, the restoration of Germany and the destruction of Judah. So, so it's just the same ideas, but, but they get deployed far differently. Hmm. And therefore, there's not a lot of connection because Crowley had a different agenda than Lieben, than Lanz von Liebenfels, Right.
0: That's yeah, it, it, interesting. I was just wondering how they, uh, I guess, how they, they they considered that version of occultism. Um, okay, final question here before you got to go. Do you think Hitler's suicide, which happened on the night of the 30th, May 1st, which is also what Walpurgis knocked, is that more than a coincidence or is that just simply a coincidence that people are kind of extrapolating in the future?
4: I, I've seen no evidence in my research, which doesn't mean there isn't any. By him by anyone related to Hitler in terms of his inner circle who suggested it was planned uh because it was all night. Nor was Hitler one of the more devoted occultists. That is, he he was interested in the supernatural imaginary, but he didn't have any particular doctrine he followed, right? Mm. So he thought werewolves were cool. So he would name his his hideout werewolf, right? His Ukrainian uh, it was called the werewolf. And when Himmler's like, why don't we call these partisans werewolves? are like, yeah, that's awesome. Let's call them were- werewolves. So, you know, Hitler was more of a kind of amateur, whether you want to call it, esotericist or paganist, who could just as easily, if he needed to impress a crowd, say something about Christians or socialism. Um, so I don't think that he would have planned that. Now, Puna and Goebbels also was kind of uh, agnostic, um, we do know, though, that he wanted Speer to, he wanted to, to watch Wagner's ring cycle, including the final one, Gotterdammerung, um, shortly before his birthday when he was already contemplating suicide. And mm-hmm. Speer remarks on that in his in his memoirs, how it's fitting, you know, that Hitler wanted to do this because he thought in these, you know, these mythological um, Ragnarokian terms about everything. So, in this broader sense of just epistemology of how he approached the world, Hitler was clearly thinking in, in an end of times, Nordic way about what was happening. But I don't think he planned it based on Valhalla night.
0: That's uh, interesting. Well, Dr. Kirlinger, thanks for being on the show, uh, people. The book is called Hitler's Monsters: A Supernatural History of the Third Reich. You can get it on Amazon, I'm assuming.
4: I think that's the easiest and uh, it's in many major booksellers as well Barnes & Noble and stuff like that and you can at least order it
0: definitely have to check it out thank thank you for taking the time to chat with us thank you D it's been fun alright take care
3: hey guys it's me Stephen I'm a huge fan of your show thanks to your awesome coupon code diddle I can buy myself loads of good sex toys since both of my wives died, and my Lou Gehrig's disease got pretty bad. Let's just say things at the bedroom got pretty boring, but thanks to adamandeve.com and coupon code it'll diddle, D I D D L E. I'm now a
0: new man. Thanks. So we got some phone calls to get to uh 323 522 4032 Um some of these calls were good this week. Some of them were just downright disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, just just weird. Mm-hmm. So um the, the first call we got here, what was this guy calling us from his bathtub?
2: Yeah. Hey. You sick fucks. Hey. This is Waxer. I can't really uh, speak too loud because it's a school night. It's Waxer. A Waxer. Yeah, you know and, him. He calls in, And he can't talk right
0: now because it's a school night. Yeah. So is it a school night for his children? I hope so. That's creepy. Yeah. So he's calling us. From the ba- from from I think he's calling us from his bathtub, okay. but I think he hasn't said that yet. And about a few beers. I'm in a bar. And everyone in bed.
3: And all I'm doing is thinking about
2: the Frank dance. He's thinking about what? The what dance? I think he's talking about Riverdance. Oh, Riverdance. You ever see that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stopping, yeah. Here's another shit call. Well, here's another shit call because I've nothing to offer you. However, I do like Huh?
0: I do like what?
2: Esham? Chiffon.
0: I thought he said Esham. Do you, you ever heard of Esham? No, it's The that? satanic rapper from Detroit? No. You might like that guy. Yeah, sounds fun. I, don't, I haven't mm. heard him, I haven't heard his name in mm. years, probably mm. almost two decades. Okay, but it's weird that he'd be thinking of Isham, the satanic rapper from Detroit. Right? Maybe chiffon. I
3: would have loved to have seen you in Scotland. I'm glad you smashed it. Saw the video. Excellent work. Well done. Twenty one out. Just a stalwart of
1: the
2: game. Oh, boy. Oh, Sorry. You know, water is a conductor for sound, but you'd never fucking know it from this call. If he dropped his cell
0: phone in the water, would he hmm. be electrocuted? No. You wouldn't die from his cell phone? Actually, I don't know. I thought some woman just did. Really? I thought she just died from dropping her cell phone in the get, maybe, I get mean,
2: maybe It's a battery. It doesn't seem like there's enough power yeah, in the battery. Yeah, you wouldn't think it to, would. Maybe yeah. if
0: it was plugged. Maybe hers was plugged in charging when okay. she dropped it. Yeah. But anyway, um... So, so, yeah, he's saying, like, uh, you know, he, he wish he could have seen you. Right. Which I'm sure he would have enjoyed that. And, uh, yeah, no, thank you for the compliment. I, uh, I have respect um, you calling me a Giza.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Well, more or less. <laughs> Good old boy. I'm much more offer than the fact that I
2: hope you enjoyed my cat dripping. He's enjoyed his cat dripping. Hmm. Okay. That's odd. Yeah.
1: I forward talk to
2: the next right. episode. I think that's how the Nazis would um, actually <clears throat> like in, interpret certain things in the future. They, they'd, with cat, they covered a cat. Yeah, they a cat in blood and then drip it all over the floor, and then they, that would be a portent. And that's how they'd find submarines.
0: I, you know what? If, they, yeah. if that, if yeah. Professor <laughs> Kurlander said that, yeah, I would have been like, yeah, yeah. I could see them doing that.
3: Okay. <laughs> Speak upon that fucking shit with that cunting...
2: Hidden oh, nonce. What's his fucking name? The R and B singer. I just posted it in the message <laughs> thing for us uh, What's his name? You know, Ignition guy. You know the one? The fucking Kelly Fiddler. Yeah, R. Kelly, yeah. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. I like I like how they re- they remember the song Ignition.
1: Isn't yeah, that like
0: another did wasn't that was that another song and then he remixed it, and not that was remember famous. That one. I, I just remember shit. from the Dave Chappelle, he's like, "Give me some poo poo, yeah, and <laughs> some wee wee." Um, but yeah, that was a big song. By him. Hmm. Well, all right, well, uh, thank you for calling us from your bathtub, and right. I hope you didn't wake up the uh, the kiddies. Yeah, the kiddos. They got to go to school tomorrow. They don't need your father calling some podcast all right. night. <laughs> Jesus. Um, next next call we got here is from. Uh, do you remember this guy who called in with like the lamest strip club story ever? No. Well, here, you might remember him. It's it's a two-parter.
1: Hey,
4: uh, D, um, I'm the owner of the worst strip club story in the world.
2: You know, I really thought he was going to say the owner of the worst strip club in the world, (laughs) which... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which sounds like the most fun job anyone could ever have. I don't know. That I sounds bet it, great. I
0: bet the worst strip club in the world is yeah. in Reno, Nevada.
2: Oh
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> I would mm. say if I had to pick a place yeah. I would say probably Reno, Nevada.
2: Okay. Yeah.
4: Where I passed out under my car door.
2: See, I would think the um those weird new newly formed oil oiling camps up in oh, North Dakota. In North Dakota, yeah. yeah. That someone opens one up there. Although
0: yeah. I read uh, an interview with a girl that just said that you make bank. Mm. And strippers kind of migrate. They're like birds. right? Like they, They're in San Francisco and then they go down to New York for a bit. Then they go to New Orleans. Mm. They go to Texas, like Houston, yeah. Texas, make a bunch of money. They were migrating up to South Dakota because they were making a ton of money up there.
2: And they'll also uh, regurgitate food into your mouth if you ask nicely. So, they do, yeah. yeah. But you got to tip yeah. them a little extra uh-huh. for that. And
0: it's anti food. So, here we go again.
1: Life is, um,
4: yeah, it's better than Harrison. <laughs> it's, it's better. What? What did he say?
0: <laughs> he said, "Life is, yeah, it's better than Harrison." <laughs> God, I'm
2: setting a real low bar here. I was about to say, way to
0: kick a man when he's down. Yeah, yeah. Better than Harrison. Good God. You got to admit, though, that was anticlimactic. It's like, I was waiting for him to tell us another really lame strip club story. Yeah, and that's part one of a two-part call. Oh, okay, a second part here. Yeah, Yeah. stay
2: tuned. I know there's a real (laughs) cliffhanger there, you know? Okay.
3: Hey, it's um, pass Out Under the Door, Car guy.
2: Yeah, great nickname.
3: i um, trying to be queer
2: so
0: I'm gonna snap out and just like go into it um, he's even trying to be
2: queer I think so okay yeah good for you
0: good job this little
3: feud is bullshit both of them come, can do what they're doing
2: but both of them are just like faking what the fuck did he what with this feud feud is bullshit oh
0: okay you know what I think he's talking about
2: the
0: uh, um flint nigga and yeah. nigga face oh, okay you think so okay. yeah you know i did i, I listened to this call mm. and i'm like what the fuck is he talking about yeah but sometimes people call in and the last episode they might listen to is like you know three mm. months ago so maybe he's actually referring to the feud okay of nigga face See, i thought he was flint, talking nigga.
2: about i thought he said feudalism oh and it's bullshit feudalism. well i can kind yeah. of agree with that yeah, though, the right? lords and the serfs and whatnot I think he's talking about the actual big feud. You know, I've been trying to tell Niggerface to call back in because I heard from, I talked to him when I was in London. What, he called you in London? Yeah, he called me, yeah. (laughs) What did he he say? He was in jail for, he got out of jail and now he's like on probation or something. What was he in jail for? (sighs) You know, I'm not sure. Ah. But his his whole operation's fucked, you know. Oh, shit. But he did take my advice and have a bunch of money with a lawyer for if this happened. Oh, so you can like uh, get back on his feet? Yeah, that's why he's like out of
0: jail right now. So did do wait? Did a rival take over the operation? I don't know. I gotta I
2: gotta call him back. I gotta find get out. Get him to call him the show. It was show. expensive. It was, it was to call, talk to him from London. So I get. Would I'll, he I'll call talk. you? Collect from prison? <laughs> no, no, he's out of jail now. <laughs> no. you know, I just it costs twenty cents a minute to talk in London, so you know. Well,
0: hopefully, you'll yeah. call
2: him the show. i wouldn't All mind right. hearing from him. All right. They could
3: like have lemonade and sit together and be around kids. they're not who they say they are the feud is fake it's
2: a weighty accusation there young man
0: have lemonade and be around kids yeah i don't know is that what you do to resolve a feud
2: i guess so okay there's darkness in the world and they're not dark God, I want to be on what that guy's on right now. Yeah, I was about to say, that took a
0: weird turn. Jesus Christ. There's There's darkness in the world, and they're not dark. That's what he said? That's what he just said. Oh. There's darkness in the world, and (laughs) they're not dark. Who is he, Bane or something? (laughs) Jesus Christ.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You were <laughs> And I was born in the darkness. <laughs> Brother darkness yeah. That's
0: well, Okay, alright well, right. uh, well,
2: thank you for that uh, Omnus cryptic fucking threat Well, strip club world. Guy under mm. the car
0: door On the pavement Inside the back of a Pinto mm. Um, Whatever your nickname is you probably are now part of the feud, so I just want to let you know. Yeah. As soon as you malign you to- <laughs> either one of those guys, you're now part of the feud. Yeah, you're in it.
2: So you're in it to win it. Welcome to the feud. Uh huh. Yeah. And you and you don't know. You know, your life may drop below mine now. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Speaking of another member of the feud who actually mm. maligned these guys and now is part of the feud, uh, Michigan boy called in again. Oh, great! And this time he's talking about his. Uh, Nazi grandmother. Oh, good.
2: I actually was very curious about that.
0: Okay.
3: Hey, sick and wrong fuckers. It's the boy here. Back to explain about my grandmother being a Nazi had you listened to that first call I would have elaborated on it but you fucking skipped over it like a bunch of dicks so yeah
0: because
2: you're so right. fucking annoying mm. <laughs> like, how, as if we're gonna listen to the whole call every time this guy calls in he sounds a little angrier yeah no, he, know he
0: definitely has that yeah, like,
2: attitude now it reminds me of uh, did
0: you ever listen to Eddie Murphy comedian where he's doing like the angry white guy impression yeah yeah shit
2: mm. shit, mm. fucker mm. like
0: it's got they like swear really fast mm.
2: <laughs> Well he's starting to sound more and more like the the caller from Scream, you know. Oh yeah, he does yeah. kind of sound like that. So, are you alone? He
3: <laughs> My grandmother, I found out was a Hitler Youth scout.
2: Uh, okay. Wait, okay. like a she scouted like a like a professional basketball scout, like she scouted. Oh, I okay. I think she was like she was, like, she was, like, she like a girl boy scout, scout girl scout, scout. Yeah, girl scout Hitler cookies okay. to the Hitler. Not like youth. Hey, you kids want to join the Hitler Youth? <laughs> I, can, I think you had to join. Huh? She, I don't think you had trying a choice. To promote them. It wasn't yeah. the uh, Pope. Part of the Hitler Youth. Pope Benedict. Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah.
3: And she lived in Germany, survived the bombing in Dresden, and all that shit. Um. Watched her best friend get shot by an American soldier in front of her.
2: How the fuck old is this guy? This doesn't even make sense time wise. Well, let's see. His
0: grandmother could have been like fourteen. This dude's probably what thirty.
2: I mean, you had to be a certain age during the Hitler youth. I feel like
0: probably like, young, like my like grandmother
2: 10. in my biological grandmother in England. She's like I don't know eighty five, and she had when she was a little girl. Her you know the t- the town she was in was bombed by the nazis and then she was a refugee with her family so but that was like you know must be 1942 she was like i mean it's, she's got to be like 90 this woman this woman she's
0: probably in like her 80s or something so wait he was yeah. saying that an american soldier killed her best friend mm mm-hmm. mhm Well, how do they know what what his grandma and her best friend were doing? They could have been like taking like rocks and smashing in Jewish babies' heads. Mm. (laughs) So, like, this American soldier's like, I'm going to save the Jewish babies. Like, how do you know what your grandmother was doing? Yeah, I'm sure that that, that, that makes
2: sense, Steve. That's probably what they were (laughs) doing. I'm just just
0: saying that in the realm of possibility, Uh your grandmother might have been killing Jewish babies. Okay.
3: Yeah. Um, I. Found this out when we found her journal. When I was going through, I had recently inherited a portion. I don't know how the fuck
0: that works, but a, a portion of
2: no. a, a, Porsche, a horse?
0: A Porsche or a horse? Yeah.
2: I don't know. One or the other. He doesn't know how it works. Okay. You ride them. <laughs> you know, you ride or you drive. It's pretty easy. Pretty easy. My grandfather's house after he died last year. And I found her
3: diary and from when she was a young kid.
2: Oh yeah, you read German? You read fucking German?
3: That's how that happened. And it also turned out that my grandfather, which I knew this, but he was a gunner on a naval version vessel for the U.S. My grandfather was a U.S. sergeant
2: great so he went over the war and married a fucking eight-year-old that is is is, this is becoming
0: exceedingly
2: creepy yeah this is weird So his
0: grandfather was a pedophile went to Germany found Mm. an eight-year-old who is murdering (laughs) Jewish babies took her as his own and then gave birth to him this is explaining so much do you think Michigan boy is a werewolf (laughs) (laughs) I don't know do you think he believes in the ice world theory yeah I think so I I bet Mm. you I can see that (laughs) I can see that uh whatever the fuck he
3: was I don't know he was on a a boat during World War II my grandma was a Nazi and they ended up getting together yeah I mentioned my Italian family my dad's Italian my mom's German or Romanian and German so that that elaborates that yes but my grandmother
2: I mean all axis powers he's talking about Romania Italy Germany He's a well, product but, of, the, of these Axis powers. Yeah, but her
0: dad was for the was an Italian that was fighting for the U.S., though. I see.
2: Double agent.
3: Mm. Was a Nazi. For a time being. He would have never thought so, because she was a sweetheart. And I loved her still. But it was kind of a shock. The reason why I'm whispering is because I'm taking a shit at work right now. And, uh... So, like, my seventh shit is, uh... I don't know. I ate a lot of fucking pork over the weekend just sitting in Does my stomach i make I'm you trying shit get it all out so alright it's that the shaken boy out go fuck yourselves
0: did you ever uh, yeah. did you ever see the movie Apt Pupil yeah I did I wonder if he ever did that to his grandma <laughs> right <laughs> like got her to put on the outfit yeah. and start goose stepping through think, the
2: house his grandma put a cat in the oven <laughs>
0: Like, did he go uh, did he like graduate to killing homeless men yeah I think so yeah. I think but so but in the Nazi outfit yeah
2: in the Nazi outfit ah oh, that was such a good movie this is like a a, a Russian doll of just of just terribleness <laughs> you just the more you find out the more the worse it gets I know it's, a it's Nazi just, not only not only is he talking about his Nazi family and then he's taking a shit while he's telling you which is also yeah and weird. then you realize yeah. what's well, from pork you know it, it's like oh my god He's lucky r kelly doesn't beat him with a subway sandwich yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway i actually I, I i'd love to hear more about this also do you read german because what uses the diary to you yeah I don't how know. would you know like, i'm a little i gotta say i'm a little skeptical just timeline wise it doesn't make a lot of sense but you know i don't know i mean I, I guess my grandparents fought in world war ii so i guess you could do it i guess it makes sense you know, but I'm fucking old. I don't know. How old is this my, guy? My
0: grandparents fought in World War yeah, II. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this guy seems younger than us. But, I, you know, I'd like to know, how old was your grandmother back then? Because I'm thinking she was probably eight, mm. and your grandfather was, like, 30. Everybody's getting old, man.
2: <laughs> I, had to buy a, I had to buy a Father's Day gift for my dad, and I went on, like, Amazon, like, the Father's Day gift sections, and it's like, buy your dad a Metallica T-shirt. And I'm like, oh, fuck.
0: I hear Dad a Metallica T-shirt. I'm old man. You know what I saw the other day? I was really yeah. stoned. I was trying to go to bed, but I couldn't sleep. And I was just, you know, how like you kind of flip through your Facebook timeline and yeah. people post stupid shit. Well, there was a video where they were making kids, like children, listen to "Welcome to the Jungle."
2: Oh yeah, just to get their. There's opinion. a lot of those on YouTube. They're very popular.
0: But it made me feel so old. Yeah, no, they do. Yeah. yeah, and the you know the first time I ever kissed a girl was listening to. Uh, uh, Mr. Brownstone right <laughs> but it was like and I was like probably I don't know like probably 12 or 13 yeah. when that came out or something but I was thinking like god I'm fucking old mm. and all these little kids are like my dad listens to this yeah you know this. it's like
2: I saw the same one but with Biggie like, Smalls or- uh, and they said this did they like, like my it? dad always used to play this for me when I was in the crib. But did they you like
0: know? like out of the eight kids, how many kids actually liked The like versus The kids liked it. Only two yeah. kids didn't like Guns N' Roses. Okay. One kid thought it was just too loud. Hmm. And you could just tell that kid was going to be annoying. Yeah. He was just going to be annoying. Probably a dance instructor or something.
1: Hmm.
0: Anyway, people call straight on Hotline 323-522-4032. Um, best way to listen to the show is iTunes. Subscribe, break, comment. We do appreciate that. Uh, one of these days, we will get around to reading your comments. But uh, I just like saying this every week. Also, uh, I swear to God, I am going to have a shirt on the Redbubble store very okay. soon. Yeah. I swear I'm going to do that soon. But I've been fucking busy, so eat a dick. Yeah, uh, I also- need to do some stuff,
2: too. <laughs> I've just been in hibernation. So. We
0: also do have a, mm. uh, a Sick and Wrong YouTube page that you can go masturbate to if you wanted to
2: mm-hmm.
0: finally here Sigur Song of the Week this pissed me off Harrison okay this pissed me off yeah it would piss me off even if I wasn't a Jew mm. but as a Jew yeah it made me enraged mm. in fact I think it ruined my day today hmm um, some guy uh, texted me at work today and he was just like dude didn't you say you just got ministry tickets for uh, this weekend at Comic-Con? Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, I got them like a couple weeks ago. So ministry, who retired like mm-hmm. five years ago. Yeah. But apparently, I remember seeing two of their farewell tours, but mm-hmm. apparently they're back. I think it's this is the Need Money Tour, badly. Okay. Anyway, they're back. And so they're trying to make their like their debut show mm-hmm. at Comic-Con, House of Blues in San Diego, Friday night. Right. And so they, you know, I, I read that and I was like all excited. I'm like, oh my God, this is gonna sell out. I'm gonna buy two tickets right now. And so I did, and it turns out today, their House of Blues is like, yeah, two for one deal for ministry tickets. Buy one, get one free. And I was just like, you fucking dicks. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Why? Yeah. There's nothing worse than a Jew missing a bargain.
2: Yeah, no, it is really bad. It is really bad.
0: But what but what I don't understand about it, it's like well, do the nerds not like ministry? Am no. I so out of it? Like yeah. I don't even understand it. Yeah. Like Ministry was a ministry is a damn fine band. Yeah. Why don't the nerds like ministry? As
2: far as industrial bands go, they're kinda of like forgotten. Even though they were very more popular than most of them at the time. Yeah, but I think industrial music is somewhat forgotten. I guess so.
0: Like do you think do you think like the millennials mm-hmm. would know even know of ministry? The, the people dressed up as Harley
2: Quinn and Joker. No, they probably don't even know the band. I and don't. then,
0: not to mention, there's all these parties. Because uh, honestly,
2: if I hadn't had that tape or you know seen the videos on MTV, I wouldn't fucking know. Nobody talks about them anymore. So, well, and they have been retired for five years. Yeah, but people
0: like me, I see, I didn't even know them. that yeah so, oh, yeah, they, they have not You know, it's funny. You see a picture of Al Jorgensen. Yeah. And he's the 90s personified. I know. He looks exactly the same. It's like, if I had to think of like, what does the 90s look like? It would just be Al Jorgensen. I, just I, like black dreads look, and I, like
2: fucking eyebrow piercings and shit. I once tried to fuck this chick that went on to... I didn't end up fucking her, but she wanted to fuck him, to date him. Wanted to fuck Al Jorgensen? She, did, she dated him, yeah, after... Okay, but
0: what era? Like recently, or like back in the nineties? That's disgusting. Yeah. Have you seen? He's like such a creepy old man. It's L.A. man, you know, the ghost of nineties past. It's Chinatown, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Mm. um, yeah, you know, maybe people just don't Mm. fucking know Ministry anymore. So it's buy one get one free tickets, and I already fucking bought two. So whatever. Anyway, we're gonna end the show here with uh, "Thieves." It's a song by Ministry, opening track. Off a damn fine album, their fourth album. Okay. Mind is a terrible thing to taste. Mm. Um, do you ever listen to their like really early stuff, like the Euro
2: pop? Oh, like Halloween. <laughs> yeah, every, every day is day Halloween. Is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they have
0: like uh, I'm trying yeah. to think. Switch and uh, oh, what's the other one? I forget the other one. Mm. It's like they have like a couple of records that came out that were just like these Euro dance <laughs> shitty dance rock, and then all yeah. of a sudden they like release Land of Rape and Honey. Mm. And mine is a terrible thing to taste. And then yeah. Psalm six and it just like went on from there. And right. Like, but uh, apparently it's two for one tickets there at you the go. House of Blues of San Diego Comic Con weekend. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna end the show here with Thieves by Ministry. Uh people will be back next week with episode five ninety four. Until then, take it Susie.
3: Nancy little bitch faggots. You both like cats. Cats are fucking shitty, shitty animals. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm smoking. Get a get a goddamn dog. Dogs will be best friends with you forever. Until they die, they will be your best fucking friend. Cats will eat you when you when you die. So fuck you.
1: And Lance. And keep it sick and wrong. And that stuff.